0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to House of Cards. Today
1: the game is different. I wanna gamble? Gambling is a very serious
0: business. Is that clear?
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to House of Cars. This is Ashley Adams. I'm your host for the hour. And what an hour it is. We have one guest. Uh, those of you that are familiar with the nonfiction poker world, uh, you've probably read and appreciated James McManus's books, Les Wilson's books, uh, Tony Holden, Al Alvarez, all have written about Las Vegas and poker. Well, we have a new author's book to add to that pantheon Uh The name of the author who we'll be interviewing is Doug Swanson. His book is Blood Aces The Wild Ride of Benny Binion, the Texas gangster who created Vegas Poker. So stay tuned. We will be back after a quick timeout.
0: Football is back and the only place you need to go for all your college and pro betting action is PointsBet.com. If you haven't signed up with PointsBet, now is the perfect time. Awesome daily promos, odds boosters you won't find anywhere else, early payout promos. It's all at PointsBet.com and you can bet from anywhere in New Jersey using your mobile device. And now PointsBet has a brand new offer for you, New Jersey, to welcome back football. Sign up using our promo code house. That's promo code house, H O U S E. And you'll receive a free $100 bonus with a deposit of $50. That's right, you deposit 50 bucks and you'll be able to bet with 150. Football is back and points bet is the place to be. Remember, you deposit 50, you bet with 150. And make sure you use our promo code house to get this special sign up offer. That's promo code house, H O U S E. Points bet. Stay sharp. Must be 21 years or older, and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. To the House of Cards. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants in, get in. If anybody wants out, get out. All right, I'll play. Join us online at House of Are we going to play poker? So, the poker game has begun.
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is Ashley Adams, your host, and uh, you're listening to House of Cards. I got to tell you, uh, I love to read, and I love I love to read most books about the world of poker and gambling. And up until now, I would have said that my absolute favorite authors, James McManus, uh, Tony Holden, his great book, Big Deal, and Al Alvarez, Biggest Game in Town, and, of course, all the novels, Cincinnati Kid and Hustler and the like. I got to add another book to that list. Absolutely, listeners, if you have not gotten a hold of Blood Aces, which is the story of Benny Binion, uh, his life in Texas and then in Las Vegas, you've got to get it. It is amazing, and we are lucky enough to have the author of this great book on the air now. His name is Doug Swanson. I never heard of him before, but sure do I know him now uh, through this book. Welcome, Doug. Glad to have you on the show.
3: Hi, Ashley. Great to be with you.
1: Tell me, where are you physically right now? I know you're on the phone with us, but where, where do you live?
3: I am sitting right now in the uh, newsroom of the Dallas Morning News. That's my day job. I'm a reporter for the morning news.
1: Wow. Well, you sure did great work doing research on this book. How long did it take you to put all this stuff together?
3: Oh, about two or three years. Uh, I was working full-time throughout so uh, at my reporter job, so I had to squeeze it in on the, weekends and vacations and nights so i would say you know a couple of years of uh researching and then about six to nine months of writing were you a
1: big poker player gambler when you decided to take this book on
3: no i'm a terrible poker player uh and i'm i died don't gamble much because I can't stand losing, which I do most of the time. <laughs> but I, I had covered the World Series of Poker for the Dallas Morning News, so I, I was familiar with it. And also, I had written a, a story some years ago about a poker player from Oklahoma who was framed for murder, and Benny Binion uh, helped pay his legal bills. So I was, I was familiar with Binion that way. And you can't be around Dallas for long still without hearing the name Benny Binion. So. Uh, the, the he, he was in my head for a long time before i decided to write the book i
1: see so you were familiar with him you had written about the subject to which he was connected and you had actually covered the world series of poker so you knew a lot of the lore um right let's get right into it and let me start by looking at the big picture and then maybe we can drill down and maybe you can tell us some interesting stories from the book um My impression of Benny Binion, and I consider myself, you know, I've been playing poker for a lot of years. I've been to Las Vegas dozens of times. I've played at Binion's many times. I've met his son, Jack. I knew all the story from McManus's book about the murder trial. I I thought I knew him, and I thought, I mean, I thought he was a kind of lovable rogue. Yeah, he was involved in crime, but he was, uh, you know, he did only what he had to do. He wasn't really a bad guy. Your book completely exploded that, I guess I would now call it a myth, because tell me if I got it wrong, but it seemed from your account that he was, ai mean, a serious, heavy-duty, violent guy, more like Al Capone than uh, Diamond Jim Brady or just a kind of unscrupulous guy. How would you characterize him big-picture-wise?
3: Well, I, I don't think he was... Uh... He certainly wasn't a bloodthirsty guy. He was not someone who went out and killed people for the pleasure of of killing them by any means. So that that, that was not Benny Binion. And you, you say he was a lovable guy. Yes, he was. I mean, people would say and still say he was the best friend you could ever have and the worst enemy you could ever have. Uh, if he loved you, you loved him because... uh he got along with people really well and was extremely generous and, and people are still extremely loyal to him. But if you were on his bad side, or if you got in his way, or he saw you as a business rival, you either needed to uh, get out of town or uh, you were in serious danger.:
0: Well,
1: it wasn't just his reputation of being tough, but I mean he had a number of people
3: killed, right? That's correct, and the number is still up for debate. I mean, Benny Benyon only admitted to killing himself a couple of people. He killed a, a rival's number operator here in Dallas, and he killed a rival a bootlegger. He never served any time for that because he owned the cops and he owned the courts. But there were numerous people who uh, tangled with Binion and his, and his interests who uh, wound up dead.
1: Who was the major rival that he ended up uh getting with an explosive device in front of a mailbox? Can you tell There's us about that?
3: Herbert Noble, who was a rival operator here in Dallas, and uh, he owed uh, Binion a percentage of his games, and Binion upped the percentage, and Noble refused to pay it. So this started a series of attempts on Herbert Noble's life that continued for many years. Uh, every time uh, that the people hired by Binion tried to kill Noble. They were unsuccessful. They tried blowing him up. They tried shooting him. They tried any number of uh, methods and, and always missed. Sometimes they got a piece of him. But they uh, were never successful until very late in the game. So how did they end up getting him? Well, I should say that, that the, the the locals uh, here in Dallas started calling Herbert Noble the cat. Right. Because uh, <laughs> he, he didn't miss so many times. Uh, but he became famous. Because of these attempts on his life, he got fan mail from all over the world. He loved to go to his mailbox every day. So even the most inept hitman would figure that out. They put a bomb by his mailbox. And when uh, Noble drove up to get his mail, they set it off. And that finally was the end of Herbert Noble.
1: Wow. And we are going to be back quickly, so stay tuned.
0: 85 years ago, William Hill bet on himself and started the largest sports betting company in the world. America's number one sports book is available to you, New Jersey, just in time for football action. Now it's time to trust yourself. Download the William Hill app and get ready to prove yourself right all season long. Sign up using promo code HOUSE50 and take advantage of William Hill's Bet50, 50, Get50 50 promotion. Once you create your account, make $50 in wagers and you'll receive $50 cash. It's that simple. Make one big $50 bet or a bunch of little bets. As long as you bet 50, you get 50. No, not bonus money. And there's no playthrough requirement. You get $50 real cash. That's promo code HOUSE50 at William Hill in New Jersey. William Hill Sports Betting, America's number one sports book. Get in the game, New Jersey. Must be 21 or older and physically present in New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 800GAMBLER.org. You're listening to the House of Cards.
1: Do you know what a straight flush is? It's like... poker players welcome back this is ashley adams you're listening to house of cards i want our listeners first of all to remember that or to learn that we're talking to doug swanson his book is blood aces the wild ride of benny binion the texas gangster who created vegas poker he was also a gambling operator
3: in he was he he ran uh, some casinos here in dallas he uh It should be said that he he was not an innocent uh, person by any means. He had a a plan at one point. He was a pilot. He flew uh, single-engine airplanes, and the police caught him uh, one day welding bomb racks onto the wings of his airplanes. There were two bombs uh, on the ground beside the airplane, and he had a map to uh, Benny Binion's Las Vegas home in his pocket. And his plan was to put these bombs on the bomb racks and uh, fly to Las Vegas, Go over Benny Binion's home there on the Bonanza <laughs> Road and drop bombs on the house, but he didn't carry it out. He did not. The the police intervened.
1: Right. Uh, I tell us a little bit more about uh, the span of time that Benny was in the the business of illegal activity because I at least my impression had always been. Yeah, he, he was in Texas, he was a gambler that occasionally crossed the other side of the line, he did some violent things, but then he kind of picked up stakes and moved to Nevada, and then he lived a clean life for the most part. But that's not really true, is
3: it? Well, partly he, he did start in Dallas uh, as as a gambler. He came here and actually started as a bootlegger in the 1920s. Uh, this was during Prohibition so he he made his way here and and was making a pretty good living as a bootlegger, but he wanted to get into the gambling business. He started this uh thing called the policy game, which was a numbers operation. Then he got into the dice business and was extremely successful from nineteen thirty six to nineteen forty six He was the biggest racketeer in, in probably in all of Texas but he got run out of town when a reform administration was elected uh... so that's when he went to las vegas in nineteen forty six and he was part of this great wave of racketeers mobsters other gambling operators who were descending upon las vegas uh... to start Modern Vegas, with, uh, with the casinos and, and all the operations there. And Binion had to swim in those waters. It was not a place for a, a guy who didn't know how to be violent, who didn't know how to, to break the law when he had to. And so numerous people kept winding up dead who confronted or didn't um, agree with Benny Binion. Did he have a
1: reputation of killing people that he found cheating at his place?
3: Not killing usually and he didn't do it personally uh but you didn't cheat at Binion's. Uh, if if you did or at the horseshoe rather if you did in many cases you were taken out back and beaten or hosed down uh there was one man who was shot in the head and killed on the sidewalk in front of the horseshoe. He had created a disturbance. But the reputation was uh, you didn't mess around there. They didn't call the cops. They had their own security force, and they would take you out back and handle you as they saw fit.
1: Mm-hmm. Did did he have – I know you, you just mentioned that he was there, at really the founding of modern Las Vegas, when a lot of the mob was there as well. And uh, I'm wondering – if he ever had, if you could share with our listeners, if he ever had any alliances uh, with the mafia, if they ever approached him. I seem to remember stuff in the book. But can you explain how he related to the much bigger mobster picture in the United States?
3: Sure. He... Uh... I call him in the book the Will Rogers of mobsters because he never met one he didn't like. He he would talk about how Bugsy Siegel was the greatest guy in the world. Uh, Mo Dalitz was who was a good friend of his. He got along with them pretty well. Now there came a time uh, he went to Leavenworth for tax evasion in the 1950s and. Uh, he lost control of the horseshoe to some of the mobsters when he went to Leavenworth, and he had to come back and, and regain control. So there was some some friction there with people like Eddie Levinson and others. But in general, he got along with them really well. He wasn't a part of the traditional mob. He had his own little racket going, but I think they all respected each other. and uh, they, they respected Benny, and Benny respected them. And in general, they got along pretty well.
1: But he never... Uh, formed any alliances that reached out to other parts of the country or the world as far as any of the illegal activity that the Mafia was involved in, did he?
3: Oh, I think they were very tenuous. I mean, the the Binion family ran the horseshoe uh, unto itself. They didn't need other connections, and they didn't... I think, aspire to branch out. They didn't have any, uh, any ambitions to uh, have horseshoes everywhere or to uh, get into other activities, you know, the, the traditional mob activities of prostitution or drugs or, or uh, trucking or whatever. They just wanted to run their casino, and they ran it really well and made, and made a bunch of money. So they didn't need the mob, and so there was not that strong connection. Now, there were relationships. There's no doubt about that. But it was not part of the web.
1: I see. That's that's the conclusion that I came to. Uh, what is his legacy now? I mean, he, he had children. Uh, of course, we know what happened to Ted Binion uh, from James McManus' book. What's the legacy now of Benny Binion?
3: Well, I think primarily it's the World Series of Poker. I mean, he started it in, in 1970. He and his son, Jack, just a handful of players, there in the in the horseshoe in downtown Las Vegas, it was uh, really a publicity stunt at the time. He just wanted to get a few more people into the casino during the dead months of the year, and it grew a little bit more every year uh, until becoming what you see today with you know thousands of players and millions in prize money. But I, I think that's his his main legacy. But there's something else as well. I I say in the book that I don't think anyone. And american criminal justice can match benny binion's path from uh, he was he started out as really a common street thug and he became a racketeer and then he became a respected businessman in las vegas and then through philanthropy and relationships and fear he became a beloved civic figure and there are still people many people in las vegas who will tell you how much they love and respect Benny Binion, he became an icon in that city.
1: Unfortunately, his kids, with the exception of Jack, I suppose, really didn't follow in his uh, good citizen footprint. Can you tell us, I don't know if any of your research must have involved talking to them or at least talking about them, what happened with Ted and Becky? They didn't seem to really live up to his standards of, uh, of charitable good works.
3: Well, uh, Ted, we all know the story of, and now uh, there was a um, a daughter, Barbara, who died. She had a drug problem, and and she died, and and there is some debate as to whether she committed suicide or just accidentally overdosed. So two of the five children uh, did not survive. Now, there's uh, Brenda, who... uh, Cooperated with me for the book. She's a rancher in Amarillo, Texas. She's a very nice lady, very, uh, very warm and was generous with her time and information. And she was a, a wonderful help to me in the book. So she's, she has not been involved in the gambling business. She's far more interested in horses, as Benny was. I mean, he was a big time rancher in Montana and, and loved horses and, uh, and loved to ride and, and sell and all that. Um, uh, but there are these three children. Jack was, of course, involved in uh, in gambling and in the operations. And uh, Becky did not want to talk to me for the book, so I can't really address you know what what her motivations were or or what she's doing now. But uh, there are those three surviving children. We're going
1: to take a break, and then we'll be right back.
0: Borgata made history by becoming the first Atlantic City casino to offer land-based sports betting. Now, one year later, Borgata adds to its history by launching its own online sports betting platform, BorgataSports.com. BorgataSports.com players can enjoy the same range of sports bets currently offered at Borgata's land-based sports book, the new Moneyline Bar and Book. You'll find straight bets, parlay bets, live in-game betting, and much, much more at BorgataSports.com. And now, when you sign up at Borgatasports.com using our promo code HOUSE, that's H O U S E, you get a risk free bet up to $300 and 20 bonus dollars at Borgatacasino.com. Borgata has made history again with Borgatasports.com. Sign up today with promo code HOUSE and get your risk-free bet up to $300 and your $20 bonus money at BorgataCasino.com. Your favorite casino is now your favorite sportsbook. Available anywhere in New Jersey. Borgatasports.com. Must be 21 years or older and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, ever since the U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision lifting the national ban on sports betting, the gambling landscape of the country is changing on a daily basis. So how do you keep up with all the latest news and developments? How do you know what each state is doing? You go to the one site that has all the information you need to stay ahead of the game, and that site is usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Written by the leading experts in the gambling industry, all you'll need is one visit to usbets.com, and you'll see why it's the number one gambling magazine in the USA. With usbets.com, you'll get up-to-date information on not just the sports betting scene, but also the latest news and notes on the entire gaming industry all across the country. It's not just one state, it's all of them in one spot. Stay in the loop and stay on top of your game. Get the latest news on sports betting and gambling from the country's number one gambling magazine. Get on over to usbets.com. That's usbets.com. Hey, it's Dave from House of Cards. And you know this show keeps me busy traveling around the country. Do you hear all that noise behind me? That's a casino floor in Atlantic City. Even though I'm around all this excitement, I still need a good night's sleep, and that's why I bring my pillow everywhere. Now don't get me wrong, the hotel rooms here are very comfortable, but some of their pillows aren't the best for my back and neck. That's why my pillow is a must for me when I travel. And now there's a great new deal being offered by the folks at My Pillow for a limited time House of Cards listeners can receive a very special offer. Borgata made history by becoming the first Atlantic City casino to offer land-based sports betting. Now, one year later, Borgata adds to its history by launching its own online sports betting platform, BorgataSports.com. BorgataSports.com players can enjoy the same range of sports bets currently offered at Borgata's land-based sportsbook, the new Moneyline Bar and Book. You'll find straight bets, parlay bets, live in-game betting, and much, much more at BorgataSports.com. And now when you sign up at BorgataSports.com using our promo code HOUSE, that's H-O-U-S-E, you get a risk-free bet up to $250 and 20 bonus dollars at BorgataCasino.com. Borgata has made history again with BorgataSports.com. Sign up today with promo code HOUSE and get your risk-free bet up to $250 and your $20 bonus money at BorgataCasino.com. Your favorite casino is now your favorite sports book. Available anywhere in New Jersey. Borgatasports.com Must be 21 years or older and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. House of Cards is brought to you by Drizzly, your online liquor store. Available in over 95 cities across North America, Drizzly offers a huge selection and competitive pricing with a side of personalized content. Now there's no need to leave the house. Get alcohol delivered in less than an hour by Drizzly. Head on over to drizzly.com and order today. And now get $5 off your first order of $20 or more when using promo code DRINK19 at checkout. Shop beer, wine, and liquor with drizzly.com. When it comes to online sports betting, PlaySugarHouse.com offers players one of the best experiences in the state of New Jersey. They offer live in-game betting on sporting events worldwide, moneyline bets, point spreads, prop bets, play-by-play bets, and many more. All at PlaySugarHouse.com, your new home for sports betting in New Jersey. Take advantage of one of their 12 easy deposit methods to get in on all the action. And now when you sign up at PlaySugarHouse.com using our promo code HOUSE, they'll match your first deposit up to $250. Must be 21 years or older and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Dave Shuttle from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of October 28, 2019. MGM Resorts International has sold Circus Circus and Bellagio in two separate deals. MGM sold Circus Circus for $825 million and executed a sale-leaseback deal for the Bellagio with a value of over $4.2 billion. The deal was struck with MGM competitor Phil Ruffin who owns Treasure Island and Casino Miami. For the first time in New Jersey, an online component of a casino has taken in more revenue than its land-based counterpart. In September, Resort's Atlantic City's land-based casino brought in $14.7 million, while the casino's online component brought in $19.6 million. The online revenue figure is a combination of the online casino and the online sports betting platforms that can be played anywhere within the state. And finally, a lawsuit has been filed against Harris Casino in Joliet, Illinois, based on the casino's facial recognition policy. The plaintiffs are alleging that the casino's policy violates the Biometric Information Privacy Act, since Harris never informed the patrons in writing about the casino's facial recognition policy. Both of the plaintiffs are part of the casino rewards program, with other members of the rewards program possibly joining the suit. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation, send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. A real abandoned prison in Philadelphia becomes
1: the number one haunted attraction in America. Terror behind the walls at Eastern State Penitentiary presented by Luke Oil. Are you brave enough to opt in for a more intense
3: experience?
1: You could be grabbed sent into hidden passageways, and even separated from your group. This is terror like you've never felt. Save $10 with coupons from any Luke Oil location.
2: TerrorBehindTheWalls.com
3: Chess. When one is outmatched, the game is over. Checkmate chess,
1: Mr. Spock. Poker. Do you know the game? A very interesting game, this poker. It does have advantages over chess. Love to teach it to you.
0: You're listening to the House of Cards.
1: Hey, everybody. It's Ashley Adams. Welcome to House of Cards again. Listeners, we're talking to Doug Swanson, author of Blood Aces. When you did research for the book, you were digging up some old stuff and maybe rubbing raw some sores of discontent from the past. Did you ever feel that you were in dangerous territory at all or was it totally a safe operation?
3: Oh, I don't think it was dangerous so much as fascinating. There was a man in uh, Dallas here named RD Matthews who was uh, said to be one of uh, Benny Binion's hitmen back in the day and I found out he was still living here in Dallas. He was 91 years old. He was said to be the toughest man in Dallas in his day. He only had one eye because he'd been shot through the head and I thought I got to go out and talk to this 91-year-old retired hitman so i went out to his house uh, and uh, you know hitman retired hitman must have a pretty good pension plan because he lived in a big house with a nice pool and we sat out beside his pool and had a wonderful conversation about uh, all the things not all the things many of the things that happened in the old days he wouldn't uh, talk about the people he was uh, alleged to have killed he drew the line there but we had a great time uh, and that that was fun now there were some things that i think brought a little discomfort i know the family uh, is very upset that I say in the book that uh, late in his life, uh, Benny Binion became an FBI informant. And they're they're extremely unhappy with me about that. They've made that clear. But the fact is, it's in the records. It's it's right there very explicitly in the FBI records that, that Benny Binion was a confidential informant for the FBI.
1: Well, it's funny, isn't it, that they don't seem to mind the fact that you have shown a spotlight on his criminal uh, illegal... Uh, murderous activity but the fact that he was an informant really troubles them
3: <laughs> it's just well, kinda... I, I can't explain that <laughs> except uh, that was new I, I don't think that had been uh, written about before I can I could find no record of it anyway so that uh, how
1: did you that... uncover that and exactly what was it and how did he get to be an informant
3: well, I uncovered it by getting his FBI file, which anyone can get. I mean, all you have to do is file an open records or a Freedom of Information Act request with the FBI and wait a little while and they'll send it to you. And I, you know, thousands of pages will, will come right to your doorstep via the U.S. mail. Uh, but I, I went through that and saw that and, and was quite surprised because Benny Benny hated the FBI. The FBI helped send him to federal prison, uh, for tax evasion. So he, he had no friends but, no friends in the FBI, but this was Binion's M.O. his entire life. I said earlier, he owned the cops, he owned the courts. He made friends with people in authority, and this was his way of controlling them. His best friend, when he was in Dallas, his very best friend, was the most powerful man in the Dallas County Sheriff's Office. Now, can you imagine the top racketeer in town being, being good friends with the most powerful law man in town? But that's the way it was, and that's the way he worked it his entire life. Uh, so I think that by being a confidential informant for the FBI, that was his way of, of keeping tabs on the FBI in Las Vegas. That yeah, was, but it was just a business decision on his part. Well, but they ended up
1: putting him away. Did he become an informant after the fact or before the fact?
3: After the fact, when he came back uh, after he served his federal prison time, he came back and started the horse, gained control of the horseshoe again, and that's when he, when he became this FBI informant. I'm not sure he ever gave them any valuable information. I, I didn't see any evidence in the FBI files that he was a particularly good informant, but he certainly was. As far as their, they have a status in the FBI that's called confidential informant, and that's what he was.
1: Well, it sounds a little bit like the Whitey Bulger
3: story. I think there are many parallels to that.
1: Uh, I have a couple more questions about this book, and I just want to also mention that uh, for those that are interested in it, you have a paperback version coming out July 28th.
3: Is that right? That's correct. Late July, the paperback will be out. Who's the publisher? Viking, same people who did the hardback.
1: Ah, I see. Okay, do you know what the price point will be? I don't. That's a good question. I mean, not price point, what the price will be. <laughs> they don't let me in on those decisions. <laughs> okay. Um, but a couple of other questions about the story itself. and um, One of my most, uh, one of the things that I'm interested the most in is trying to uncover the truth or the falsehood of the famous Johnny Moss, uh, Nick the Greek story of the game the first game that allegedly took place right uh, and can you tell us a what the public story is and then b what your takeaway is about the likelihood that it took place exactly as it's been reported
3: sure the the, the legend is that uh, johnny moss and nick the greek met in this great poker game this battle for the ages in the horseshoe and this went on for weeks you know back and forth and back and forth and uh... Finally, Johnny Moss won this Titanic battle and then walked over to Binion's tables and lost the entire bundle of how many millions at the, at the table right away. It's a great story and it's and it's uh, part of the great poker myth now, but as other writers have pointed out, uh, there's there's no evidence that this ever occurred. There are no photographs still uh, going around that show this battle. Uh, there was no contemporary news coverage at uh, Nick the Greek's funeral. Nothing was mentioned about that. Benny Binion himself, uh, toward the end of his life, uh, sat down with an oral historian from the University of Nevada, gave a long interview that runs to about a hundred pages, uh, and did not mention this supposed epic occurrence one time. And, and he was going through the entire story of his life. So I've never seen any evidence uh, that it occurred. Uh, James McManus, I think, comes to the same conclusion, and so do some other poker writers. that Les it's Wilson, story. yeah, right. They both of them. Great story, but uh, you know, where's where's the proof? Where's shouldn't there have been maybe just a couple of lines in the local newspaper about it going on? Uh, shouldn't right. uh, Someone a s- have snapped the photo, right.
1: especially since the at least the setup of it was all for publicity, right? It was all yeah. to bring attention. Well, how do you say you did something to bring attention when the newspapers of the time have not one word about it and there's not one photograph? You'd think if it was a publicity stunt, which allegedly, I mean, stunts probably too narrow a term. If it was a publicity event, there would have been coverage. Exactly. So So do you conclude that nothing happened or that something happened but not on that scale? What, What do you think? What's your what's your takeaway?
3: Well, I'm hardly the expert on that, so I'm going to go with the other experts and, and, you know, maybe something happened, maybe the two were were there together, maybe there was a little game and this thing has just grown grown over the ages to be this uh this creation myth for uh for poker. I uh, I don't know, maybe it's, you know, there's this there's a a phrase in a newspaper, uh newspaper world uh, about a story too good to check. Right. Maybe this is one of those.
1: Believe the myth, because uh, yeah. it's a good
3: story. Breath the legend, yeah.
1: Right. Uh, I want to get to you a little bit, Doug. I know your day job is as a reporter in Dallas, but you've written some not, some fiction in the past. What have you written, and uh, what are you going to be writing?
3: I've written uh, five crime novels. Uh, they were written a while back. They're all set in, uh, in Texas, uh, and I did that for about 10 years and uh, finally got tired of it. And decided to move to nonfiction. So, Blood Aces is my first nonfiction work, and I'm now at work on a, uh, a history of the Texas Rangers—not the baseball team, the, the law enforcement organization—which is a very rich and uh, and detailed and uh, violent and fascinating history.
1: What is the time frame that your history is set in?
3: Starts from 1823 and runs to the present.
1: Have you listened to the radio broadcasts of the Tales of the Texas Rangers? Oh, yeah, I'm
3: listening to that, and I'm, <laughs> I'm reading everything, and, you know, they've got quite an image, and and they they really worked to get that image, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out uh, what the truth is behind the image.
1: That's great. And uh, I just want to know, can you leave us with, we have about a minute and a half left, one thing that our listeners don't know about Benny Binion that might make them think, wow, I want to find out more.
3: Well, I think... Uh, that Binion was the most uh, beloved gangster ever in America. And I would defy anyone to uh, prove to me otherwise. You can look at all the other gangsters, and yes, yeah, some of them have Oh, uh, maybe... Uh, uh, Partial, partial images of, uh, of being uh, ha- having some affection, some community affection, all of that. But in the end, they all ended up in prison or defeated or in, in some dwindling retirement. But Benny Binion ended up uh, uh, triumphant. And at his 83rd birthday party, there were 18,000 people on their feet shouting, Benny, Benny, Benny. Now, the free beer may have had something to do with that, <laughs> but there, there is nobody that ended up the way Benny did. He was just uh, uh, of himself. There, there is no one like him, and I don't think his story will ever be matched.
1: Well, you know, I can't think of a better told story than the one that you've told in Blood Aces. It was fascinating. I thought I knew a lot about it, and I learned many things that I didn't know. But more than that, the way you've told the story makes it compelling, in a way that very, very few other nonfiction books are. I mean, I think of uh, Positively Fifth Street, but even more than McManus, you have created a story that is fascinating as you go through it, and I, I really thank you for it, and I encourage all of our listeners to go out and get a copy. They don't have to buy a copy. They can go to the library. But I, I just love this book, and I'm really glad we got to have you on the air.
3: Well, thank you, Ashley. I really appreciate it. It's been great fun. And I would I would encourage anyone, I love libraries, so yeah, go to the library. Or if you have an independent bookstore in your town, that's a very tough business these days. And, and I would urge anyone to support the independents if they can.
1: Great. Well, we'll have paperback out July 28th. Doug Swanson, author of Blood Aces, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Ashley. It was fun. Okay, take care. Listeners, we will be back after a quick break.
0: Football is back, and the only place you need to go for all your college and pro betting action is PointsBet.com. If you haven't signed up with PointsBet, now is the perfect time. Awesome daily promos, odds boosters you won't find anywhere else, early payout promos. It's all at PointsBet.com, and you can bet from anywhere in New Jersey using your mobile device. And now PointsBet has a brand new offer for you, New Jersey, to welcome back football. Sign up using our promo code HOUSE. That's promo code HOUSE, H O U S E. And you'll receive a free $100 bonus with a deposit of $50. That's right, you deposit 50 bucks and you'll be able to bet with 150. Football's back and Points Bet is the place to be. Remember, you deposit 50, you bet with 150. And make sure you use our promo code HOUSE to get this special sign up offer. That's promo code HOUSE, H O U S E. Points Bet. Stay sharp. Must be 21 years or older and in New Jersey to place a bet. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. Everybody's to leave here immediately. This cafe is closed until further notice. Clear the room at once. How can he close me up? On what ground? I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Everybody out at once.
1: love that scene from Casablanca. It's so, so subtle. Uh, <laughs> uh, everybody, I'm Ashley Adams. In case you didn't know, this is House of Cards, and uh, this is my favorite segment, the mailbag segment. I'm in studio with my producer, Dave Weishaddle, as we are every week. What do we have this week?
0: Well, first we have our snazzy new Party Poker baseball hat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool, Thank man. you, nj.partypoker.com. It's legal in New Jersey. It is. I hope so. I, I think I was on there every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, we have them because Party Poker was nice enough to give us a bunch of them. So anyone who sends in a question or a comment it's a party poker uh,
1: well it has yeah. to be a qualifying question well, comment, right? yeah i, mean, I know some how are you thing, Ashley. Like, <laughs> how do you spell
0: your name yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> all right but
0: well, what, what do we have and if you have a question it's info at house of cards our twitter address is at hoc radio you can leave a question for us on facebook or call our hotline, leave a message at 609 474 4627. Say that one more time, Dave. Oh, all of it? Okay. No, no, say the phone number. Again. Oh, okay. 609 474 4627. I hope it's, people it's will a weird, call it. It's a weird number because I think when Doug, our executive producer, and my brother got it, I think it was, it spelled out something, Doug, didn't it? What did it spell out? It, it spelled out H O C R. And it's a prime number. It, it is? Okay. Well, All right, I'll take your word for I it. I don't know, but I figure
1: now people will be looking at it really closely to make sure. Yeah.
0: So, what do we have? Well, a couple of weeks back in our mailbag section, you said you were going to Arizona. And uh, we got a question from Nick from Carterville, Illinois, who listens to us on WGGH Monster Radio. And he's going to the Phoenix area in a couple weeks and wanted to know if there were any good places to play. Well, that's a very good question,
1: and the honest answer is there is a gray market for poker that I was not able to tap into. These are rooms that are quasi-legal. There have been a number of them shut down. They are not on reservations. Uh, We had a guest who talked about them. I don't remember his name. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. But it used to be a thriving mom-and-pop kind of industry all through the state, But according to this guy who runs a blog and who has a a website, uh, the state is in league with the legal casinos, the Indian reservations, that he describes as extortionary in the rake that they charge. I wouldn't go that far. But that they are going out of their way to try to crack down against these not-quite-legal places. Um, So I haven't played in them, but there are a lot, and Mm -hmm. if he has anybody he knows, he should try to find one, I think, because they sound like the rakes are more reasonable. That being said, there are a number of Indian reservations, and I've played at a few of them. I find the rake to be a little high. It's like $5 maximum instead of $4 maximum, but compared... To the rake that I paid in Japan, yeah, in, right. in Korea, and in India, and a lot of places around the world, it's certainly not extortionary. It's I would describe it as a little high. There's a but, but wonderful no, game. But no hot
0: towel, though. No, no hot, hot towel. <laughs> uh, Listen to our mailbag about the his yes, uh, Japanese last, last trip, and you'll get week. that joke.
1: <laughs> um, Casino Arizona Talking Stick is a wonderful big room. Uh, there's a new poker room manager, a guy whose name I forget, but he's a wonderful guy, runs a very good room, uh, a lot of games, a lot of game variety, a lot of players, and uh, I would recommend it. There's also uh, Fort McDowell. That's been there a long time. They don't have nearly the action. And there are a few other places. If you go on thepokeratlas.com, you can find all the places. That's up in the Phoenix area. Down in Tucson, there's Desert Diamond. There's Casino del Sol. um and actually there may be one other one, but those two have regular games, and I would, again, go on thepokeratlas.com and see what's going on.
0: Are these relatively close together, or, I mean, could he hit two in one day oh yeah. if one isn't oh, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. yeah.
1: The Phoenix Rooms, uh, and I'm forgetting the third, the, the one that's really the rival to Talking Stick. I forget. He'll find out as soon as he goes to thepokeratlas.com. And Fort McDowell, you can play in all three. There's also a few smaller rooms up in the uh, Phoenix area, also within 20, 30 miles. Uh, Tucson is about an hour and a half to the south. Uh, You can certainly do that also in a day. But if I were only to play in one place in the Phoenix slash Tucson area, I'd go to Talking Stick and play there. Uh, If you had a couple of days or if you wanted variety, try any of the other ones out, and I'm sure you'll be fine. Uh, that'll do it. Listeners, Um we're going to end the show, but come back next week. And until then, good luck and good day.